Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Jake Arthur, here alongside Zach Hicks, and we are here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also love it if you give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show, and please review as well. Thank you again for joining us, everyone, and thank you for your patience. Uh, we've been away for a couple weeks now, of course. That one is on me. I've had, I've had too many irons in the fire lately. Um, some exciting stuff. I'm, I'm writing again. Uh, you've probably seen that uh, Sports Illustrated's Colts website. We've got that relaunched. Uh, I'm working alongside Josh Carney. Uh, I've known him for a long time. We go back to our pro football spot days. Zach does as well. We all go back years there. Um, Josh knows a lot about the Steelers and Broncos as well, and he's uh, he's going to be a, a really good voice to, to lead that team, and I'm really excited to work with him. Uh, we've got social media for all that stuff launched as well, of course. Um, you can follow them on Twitter at SI underscore Colts, and then on Facebook, just uh, look up Horseshoe Huddle. Uh, the website for that, and I hope, you, hope you've been following it so far, but it's horseshoehuddle.com, or you can just go to si.com slash NFL slash Colts. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure I was able to help get that off the ground and feel comfortable with that. And, you know, of, of course, um, you know, I'm a family man now. I've got my, my little daughter and my wife. So I did, I just wanted to make sure I didn't, uh, get myself too much in the deep end. So Zach's been patient with me. You guys have been patient. Much, much appreciated to you guys. Look, man, I'm, I'm the king when it comes to having. You know, too many things at once. So yeah, it's actually sometimes nice when someone else like pull one thing off from me, and I'm like, oh, okay, darn. But like, also like, I needed that breather, so I'm not <laughs> complaining. I'm not complaining too much. On yeah, <laughs> let's not act like canceling plans doesn't feel incredible because it truly does. <laughs> not that we don't love doing yeah, it, but it there's something about saying, hey, let's let's not do anything tonight. That just takes you to the next level. I try to do that every night. Oh, oh. dude, for real. <laughs> but we are back tonight. Uh, we're going to, of course, talk to you all about NFL free agency, which begins next week. Uh, the the legal tampering period uh, that begins midnight um, Monday rolls into 4 p.m. Wednesday Eastern. Uh, and then 4 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday is when teams can start uh, signing players to the dotted line. But of course, every, there's going to be so much that's already pretty much a done deal in those two days prior. Uh, but we'll talk all about that. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to answer your questions. Um, may not be as smooth answering your questions tonight because you guys are wild and we've got just a lot of them. So we'll, we'll just skim through Twitter and, and uh, check out some of our more prevalent ones and answer those for you. 
But before we get started, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 bracket madness contest as BetOnline is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. No question about it, I am ready to get hurt again. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And before March Madness and all that good stuff takes over, of course, for us nerds, it is all NFL free agency. Uh, so the first thing we're going to get at today is uh, we're going to first look at the Colts in-house free agents. Uh, Zach Kiefer earlier this week tweeted out that as far as he knows, the Colts weren't going to extend any of their own in-house guys before they've had a chance to speak with other teams and see what their market really is on Monday. Um, so the Colts, not, I mean, they're, they're going to resign some of their guys, but it's probably not going to be until, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, days like that. So, um, basically reason being is they, they want to hear what other teams are offering them. Uh, they're not going to go ahead and just like set the baseline market for a lot of these guys. Uh, in my mind, I'm especially thinking like T.Y. Hilton, Xavier Rhodes, like you want to see what other teams are willing to pay for those guys first. Um. But yeah, some of the main ones you're looking at, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Xavier Rhodes again, T.J. Carey, of course, the defensive ends, Justin Houston, uh, Al-Kadeen Muhammad, um, Danico Autry, of course. Jacoby Brissett has become a little more important um, now. I mean, I know, I know no one wants to see this be the starter or, anyone, or anything, uh, but the Colts do kind of need another they need another proven backup quarterback because right now it's Carson Wentz and Jacob Eason. Uh, so you kind of need that buffer in between because if Wentz goes down, it's Eason. So they do need another, um, they do need another backup quarterback. Kind of how I see left tackle, just get a, a cheap veteran who has started before. You don't need him to win you games. He just needs to be able to hand off to Jonathan Taylor and throw it to 19 lines, basically. Um, but yeah, what uh, have you heard anything else about that? Um, I, I know you've kind of had the plug, especially for guys like uh, for Xavier Rhodes, for example. Yeah, so um, you know, it's it, these aren't really things I've like completely verified or anything. Like that's why I'm not putting like reports out there uh, with my name on them or anything. But uh, kind of like what you said and what Kiefer and all of them have been saying, uh, I did hear they're not going to make they're not really being like the baseline offer for any of these guys right now. You know, like. They're going to let the market set for some of these guys. I know Dinequa Autry's one in particular because uh, Dinequa Autry's going to have a pretty active market, especially among teams that are, you know, pretty good. You know, I, like there was a report today, I think Ryan Talbot, uh, who covers the Bills, said that the Bills are expected to be very interested in Dinequa Autry. The Colts want him back. Uh, they, they will eventually make an offer for him, uh, but they're not going to be the, they're not going to make the, the market setting offer right now. So they're mm -hmm. going to wait to see what other teams are offering. And then if they want to go and match that, they will. Um, that's all I've really heard on that front. You know, TY, it kind of seems like it's 50-50. It uh, just depends where that market's going to go. If it, if it gets up to $12, 13 $14 million a year, uh, I, I assume the Colts will let him walk at that price. But uh, if his market kind of fizzles out, I can see him coming back. Uh, and same kind with Xavier Rhodes. You know, I've 
from talking with some people kind of close on that situation. Uh, it's kind of iffy if he comes back. You know, I know that, that he wants to test the market and, you know, every he has every right to. He had a great season last year. It should have been a Pro Bowl season. If he just would have come down with a couple more interceptions, it would have been a Pro Bowl season. Um, yeah, he should be testing the market. It's a weak cornerback class, too. Uh, so if he can get, you know, 10 plus million dollars a year somewhere, which he absolutely should, uh, then yeah, I, I, I could see him going somewhere else as well. But a lot of this comes down to just what, how the market plays out. You know, I, I think we got a couple questions about it, so I don't go too, too far into it, but, uh, there's kind of some agents think it's going to be a very, you know, slow market. It's, it's going to be like a lot of one year deals. Other agents think it's going to be business as usual. Uh, even with, you know, cause they have that new TV deal that's, that's potentially coming out in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there'll be a lot of back, backloaded contracts. So. It's kind of hard to tell right now, but um, I, I think the Colts are going to let the market set itself for a lot of these guys, even for like the restricted guys. I, I'm assuming like guys like George Odom, Moali Cox. Um, there's another notable restricted guy in there too, I think. Yeah, those those were the main two. There, yeah, I a- I, I'd have to look. Of course, I wrote about it this week and can't think of it right yeah. now. <laughs> but George. George Odom and Moelle Cox are the big ones. They obviously yeah. want both of them back. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty clear, especially Moelle Cox. They they wanted him back for a while. Yeah. Oh, and Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal's the other That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all three of those are pretty big. And honestly, they'd probably get some interest across the league. Uh, I'm guessing that we'll see them get tendered like right before the uh, tampering period opens up. So whether it's going to be, you know, the second round tender, late round tender, exclusive rights tender, whatever, uh, which you know we could go in detail with that but they're kind of they're kind of self-explanatory you know like if, if the colts put a second round tender on zach pascal i believe they would get a second round pick back yeah if a team were to sign him um and but if another team doesn't sign them then they have to pay him like a base salary of, i think one year five million or something like that uh so i could definitely see that being for example going zach pascal's way uh but i think we're going to see them tender right before the tampering thing i don't know if we'll see any of them signed right before Though I think they want to see if any market plays out for those guys first uh, before discussing, you know, actual deals. So it's it's a lot of just kind of waiting on the market this year. Yeah, because as much as they love Zach Pascal, like you mentioned, if if they put like a second round tender on him, same with Mo Ali Cox and shoot George Odom, he has an All Pro to his name. He's a special teamer, but an All Pro nonetheless. It's not always easy to get guys that high quality. But I mean, as much as they love him, I think they would take a second round pick for a team taking Zach Pascal, you know, they, yeah, they, no, would, they would gladly do it. Pascal's the one I could see them putting a second round tender on because he's kind of worth the one year, 5 million because of mm-hmm. his role in the offense and the way he's played the last couple of years. Uh, I could see them doing that and as a way to kind of keep him, but I mean, they probably won't do that for Mo. They won't do that for, for Odom. They'll probably just put uh, exclusive rights tenders on them, which just means they can match any offer that comes. They don't get compensation back. Um, you could do for like late, for guys who are like later picks, you could do original round tenders on them. Uh, but since all three of these guys we're talking about were undrafted free agents, there's no original round tender to put on them. So yeah, I could see, I, I, I feel like all three are going to be back. I think it's very unlikely any of those guys are gone, but, mm-hmm. uh, even those guys, I think they're going to wait and see if there's any market for them first. Yeah. I, I felt like the, they kind of, they kind of went without saying, cause if the Colts want them back, they're, they're coming back. Um, and Nate, if you're listening, I believe Ashton Doolin is an exclusive rights free agent this year as well. He, he actually, him and, um, Taylor Stallworth already got extended. They so did. When, okay. When was that? It was 
was right after the playoff loss, like the next day. They got one year. Oh, okay, they're yeah, they're still listed as free agents on uh, Spotrack, I think. Yeah, they got that is what tripped me up. Yeah, it was uh, the Colts announced all their futures deals the day after the playoff loss, and they lumped it in there. That's and they right. lumped it in there. Uh, Doolin and Taylor Stallworth both on one year deals, and preferable. I think it's I think it's the minimum because I mean those are both minimum right. guys. So uh, yeah, I think both have already been extended, so we don't have to worry about them either. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll I'm going to lump these next two topics together because one of them there's not a whole lot of heat quite yet because the Colts just don't really leak. Um, but talking about the latest rumors of outside players to the Colts, but also um, our favorite players, our favorite player fits at positions of need for the Colts. Um, you know, the three big needs you're looking at, especially left tackle, obviously, edge, wide receiver, cornerback. You can consider that as well. But like you said, it's not a great crop of, of guys. Um, you know, receiver John Brown was recently released. I know you saw today that he's kind of eyed the Colts a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. That's very interesting. I, uh, you know, assuming they, they're they not going for those upper echelon guys, you know, I think Godwin and Robinson already got tagged. But you and I have talked about a million times. They're probably not going to go for these $18 million guys. It's going to be guys at the level of John Brown, Marvin Jones, that type. So that, that one I Even that might be a little much. But, like, even that might be much because those guys are probably mm-hmm. going to be around, like, maybe Brown a little less. But, like, Jones will probably be around $10 million a year. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, I've seen people throw around, will probably get around 10 to twelve a year. So those are guys, like, that are more in Ballard's range. But even that, like, I think the biggest contract ever handed out in free agency is to, to um, Jonathan Hankins still, which is which was three years, $30 million. So he so, let out the next year. <laughs> yeah, just be let out the next year. And then, obviously, Funchess was the one-year $8 million. Yeah. So, I mean, he might go up to, like, around 10 or so because he's, you know, you, you, you are presumably all in when you make a trade of a third and a first-round pick for a quarterback. But, yeah, the, the more likely range is probably in that 5 to 8 or maybe up to 10 a year. I, I don't see, like, I don't think there's any chance he goes after Galladay or any of those guys that are going to be, like, yeah. 17, 18, 19 million dollars. Yeah, I don't see that happening. No, and I would think too, then in that instance, that the tiebreaker, if, if cost is all the same, would go to T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. You know, they, they don't, they already know exactly everything he is, you know, and if, if the money's all the same, they would just bring him back. Um, but yeah, let's, let's kind of run through some of our favorites. We just kind of touched on receiver a little bit, but was there anyone else, uh, receiver wise you had your eyes on? Uh, John Brown, I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I we'll think mention that, tight end too, because that's okay. Prior. Yeah, we'll talk tight end as well. Um, John Brown's by far and away my favorite now. I think that makes a lot of sense. And you know, I had someone respond to me on on Twitter earlier today saying that uh, injury prone receiver or something like that, where that's just never really been the case with him. He last year he missed, I, I think, like six games, but uh, he's he's played fifteen plus games for five of the seven years in his career. Mm-hmm. He's not an injury-prone type receiver. Uh, legit 4-3 speed. He, he wins in ways, you know, he, kind of what he said on the radio this morning. He said, the way the Colts use T.Y. Hilton, I feel like I can succeed in that role as well. And and that's exactly what I saw, too. You know, he, he's he's great on those deep crossers. He's great on underneath plays where he can catch the ball and go. Um, he can get down the field vertically. I mean, those are all ways that T.Y. Hilton's won under Frank Reich. I think John Brown is perfect. So that that's my number one guy. But, yeah, Marvin Jones I like, too. Uh, Keelan Cole, I think, is really interesting. Uh, very, yeah. very smooth receiver. 
uh, even on the more even lower than that end, I like David Moore from um, Seattle. Uh, Rashard Higgins, if he gets let go by the Browns, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, those, those are some guys I like there. Uh, but uh, number one target, I think, is John Brown. And it sounds like from what he said, you know, there, there would be mutual interest if the Colts, you know, wanted to go after him. So I think that's one they should try to get done even just this weekend, you know, because he's technically a free agent right now. I, yeah. I would be all over that. I'd be all over that early as you can, you know. That That's my guy right there. Yeah, and that actually kind of takes me to, to something else I wanted to talk about today. John Brown is a little bit undersized, um, and I know Chris Ballard has, like, his – his athletic and size measurements that he likes to stick to. But in my mind, that's primarily for draft picks, guys who you don't know who they're going to be as NFL players yet. If you like Carl Lawson, for example, he's got short arms and he doesn't really fit the the size measurements, but they have NFL tape on him to know that he's a good player already. You know, so those kind of, I think free agency, they'd be willing to bend some of those parameters a little more. And John Brown has, again, got me thinking of that because he's a, a little undersized. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think that's a great list of names. There's, you know, Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo. Yeah, that's another the, great one. Yeah, the interesting things you could probably do with him. I know we've talked about that before. Um, Curtis Samuel probably is too expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't see them going older with anyone like A.J. Green or Larry Fitzgerald. I just don't see that at all. They're, they're a team that likes to be young and stay young, so – um, Corey Davis, I know he'll probably be a little more expensive, but I'm very much interested in Corey Davis. Yeah, I could see them having interest in that. I just don't know if they're going to get into what his market could be. Because I could see, you know, I think a very real offer. And this is just me completely spitballing here. I don't have a source or anything on this, but like a four-year, like $52 million or something like mm-hmm. that for a guy like him. Because he was great last year. I mean, people can pick apart raw stats and stuff like that. But uh, he was, I mean, I think Tannehill was one of the most, like, was... I think had the highest pass rating in the NFL when targeting Corey Davis last year. Um, it was just an outstanding season where he really emerged as a good player. And I watched a lot of those Colts Titans games, like when I was writing up about Rocky Sin and all that. And Corey Davis is outstanding. So um, I personally want to get involved in that if I were the GM, but Chris Ballard, I don't know if he's going to get high enough to where uh, Corey Davis is going to be at in this market. It, it all really depends on the market again, but I anticipate that, especially with the, with those two franchise tags going to Godwin and, and Robinson, Corey Davis moves up a couple tiers in free agency because he's uh, a young, promising receiver who was a top ten pick a couple years ago. Yeah, I uh, I I don't think their cap is good, but I think seeing him in Kansas City would be awesome. You know, they obviously released their their two yeah. starting tackles today after Patrick Mahomes was forced to run for his life the entire Super Bowl, so. I think they're over 20 now in cap space. So I think they freed up like 17 by releasing both of them. Yeah. I guess they're thinking of going that way in the draft. I don't really know what the plan is there. It's, it's kind of a bold strategy to release your best pass protectors. Yeah. I mean, to kind of just before, because we're going to get into tackles and stuff. I know those two names are going to come up. Yeah. Sports is closer to retirement than he is to being an effective lineman again. Uh, his back is really, really bad. Uh, so I I don't see that being a fit for the Colts and Eric Fisher. Even though I tweeted out earlier today, being like, "Oh, cool, Eric Fisher." I know Ballard has a connection. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware at the time that he tore his Achilles. He it was his Achilles that he tore in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, he's probably not going to play for a majority of 2020. So neither of those guys are solutions for the Colts at left tackle. Right. Uh, I know we'll get questions about that, but um, neither of those guys are are really fits here. Maybe maybe Fisher if you give him like a like a two year deal. 
or whatever, have one year where he gets to just be in your facility and rehabbing, and then the next year you can come out. But I don't anticipate either of those guys being signed by the Colts. Right. I, I at least see Ballard fishing around there and just see just seeing what the situation is. What yeah. what are the medicals, things like that. Because, again, he I think he was there when they drafted him. So right? they at least were in Kansas City at the same time at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it was the first year Ballard was there uh, was when they took Fisher uh, first overall. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, sorry, Elliot's trying to get in on the show now. I can hear it from the other room. Um, so tight end, there's a few <laughs> names I'm looking yeah. at. So Johnny Smith, I think we all are all in on Johnny Smith. Good blocker, very, very supreme athlete as a tight end. I'm in. Uh, Gerald Everett is kind of the, a little more unproven Johnny Smith in my eyes. Uh, and then Dan Arnold is, is a name I've seen a little more lately that I forgot about last season, but I've, I'm kind of into it. He had that hot streak with Kyler Murray last year. So, you know, they don't, they don't need much. You know, they're, they're looking for a tight end two, tight end three. So you're not looking for Travis Kelsey right now. So some of these guys, you know, John Smith might be tight end one, for example, but you know, he would be here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, his skill level is he's, I, I, I said this in an article I wrote recently. I, I legitimately think that Johnny Smith, in this offense would be a top five ten, tight end in football. Uh, just from what he brings as a base, as a blocker, he would never come off the field. And then when you come in, when you get to where, like how athletic he is, how he can go up and get the ball, how great he is as a red zone target. Yeah. He'd be a top five tight end in football here. I, I just don't see Ballard going up into his market. I think his market's going to be kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Arnold is a guy who I really like. And I, I feel like I'm partially responsible for the recent hype. That's yeah. <laughs> You're intuited it. Because, uh, you know, I was just looking through tight end guys, and I saw Arnold, and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize he was a free agent. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a 6'6", 220-pound tight end who can move, uh, run routes better than most tight ends in the league. I think he's the best pure move tight end in this free agency class. If you're just going based off of move tight ends, I think he's mm-hmm. the best one. Um, but the guy who I have kind of been sourcing about, you know, all off season and stuff, is I think ultimately when Zach Ertz gets released here in the next couple of days, yeah. uh, I, I do think that reunion is just going to happen. You know, I, I think Ertz has kind of been wanting to come to Indy all all this past season when things started going south in, in Philly. Uh, Frank Reich would obviously love to work with him again. Zach Ertz and Frank Reich have a close connection. Obviously, uh, Reich likes Ertz. Ertz has wanted once you know a way to kind of revive his career would be to come back with Reich and Carson Wentz, where he had the most success. Uh, in his career. Um, the only thing that would maybe hold it back is just another team jumping in with a big offer. Uh, but I think if it came down just to what, Car- what, um, well, also what Carson Wentz wants, but what Zach Ertz wants, uh, just in a vacuum, I think it is to be back with Frank Wright. Uh, I, I think that one's the one that's going to happen at tight end. I like, I don't want to say I'm 100% sure on it because there are other teams that are interested. I heard the Chargers are, are also pretty interested in Zach Ertz and, I know the Seahawks and Packers were earlier in the offseason, uh, but I, I think that, that that's the most like I'd put it at like eighty or ninety percent likely to happen. Yeah, it that one almost just seems like too easy of a layup, you know. As as soon as he does get released, it'll probably happen. And it's not gonna be a trade thing, because they're gonna let him go here soon if he doesn't if they don't get a trade, which they've had all off season, so you know, it obviously seems yeah. like it, the, it'll be a release. The Colts and Seahawks checked in on a trade a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. before the Weds trade. Uh, the Colts and Seahawks both checked in to trade to potentially see the interest in Ertz. And then the, I know the Chargers checked in late 
but I, I don't think anything's going to happen. I think they probably would want, you know, one of these teams trading, if you're going to pick, you would want the Eagles to eat a lot of that, that cap because you're not going to trade for Carson, or for, uh, I keep wanting to say Carson Wentz. You're not going to trade for Zach Ertz's cap at what it is right now after the year he just came off of. Yeah. And the Eagles are in no position to eat more cap right now. So I, that's why I don't think a trade's going to happen. I think uh, a release is bound to happen. I think ultimately Zach Ertz ends up in Indy. And, you know, he, he's an upgrade over Trey Burton. Not a huge one. I, I don't think it moves the needle by any means. But, you know, I, I could see this being a successful signing, albeit not like an outstanding signing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you're kind of looking at a more athletic Jack Doyle. Um, I don't know that he's the blocker Jack is, but yeah, I don't know. You're kind of, kind of a mixture of, of Mo and Jack. I would imagine you're going to get something around there. Uh, let's see. Another, yeah, I, I was looking at Anthony Ferkser earlier too from the Titans, but I think he's restricted. That's another one. He he's had some really really nice moments. Um, and there was one other guy. It's not important. Whatever. Um, oh, Tyler Croft. You know, if, if we're looking, if we're looking yeah. at a, a number two or number three, Tyler Croft's not a, a bad little thought there. Um, yeah, I threw him on my list there. You know, that little spreadsheet list I put on yeah. Twitter. I put him as like, like a yellow. Like, yeah, if they saw him, I'd be cool with it. I think, I yeah. think sense. it's not exciting, but like, you'll take it, you know? Yeah. Um, now, of course, left tackle is a big thing. I, I think you're probably on, on the same train as me is it seems like a good idea to just so, kind of sign a cheaper veteran stopgap and then hopefully you're in position to draft your future guy. Uh, but just get you a veteran free agent that gets you through 2021 for now. If you draft someone who's capable of starting right away, cool. Uh, I was on the Daniel Jeremiah conference call the other day and uh, Jim Aiello and, and I made sure we were going to ask this question. Uh, but Jim asked, um, you know, is there a left tackle that might be available to the Colts at 21 or if they'd have to trade up? And uh, DJ did say that he mentioned Christian Darisol, which I would love. I mean, it's not sexy to get a tackle in the first, but I love Darisol. Uh, Tevin Jenkins and Jalen Mayfield, which you would not be happy with, I know. Uh, at least not okay. at 21. Not okay. at 21. Okay, so this is a free agency show, so I won't, you know, you know, we won't go off here on all that stuff. But Jalen Mayfield, I came around on a little bit because I only watched his 2019, and he was undraftable off of 2019. He was awful, like completely awful. 2020, he only played seven quarters, but that tackle tape was among the best I've seen in this entire class. And I'm really conflicted on him. You know, he's a 20-year-old tackle who, it was only seven quarters of great play, but it was great play. Uh, so it, it's tough with him. Uh, but I will say when I did my build a Ballard series, uh, for the offensive tackle position, he came in, uh, by far and away the number one tackle fit for the Colts when it comes to what Chris Ballard likes. So, uh, if, if they took him at 21, you know, personally, I'd probably think it's a little bit of a reach, but I'd be okay with it because he's such a freak athlete. Uh, but I, I think that just fits Ballard's MO, that type of tackling. You know, 20 years old, uh, especially if you sign a veteran, you could sit him for a year. Uh, and then I think he'd be pretty good, but. Yeah, no, if you would have said that, if you would have told me that a month ago, I would have thought it was awful. Yeah. But I've <laughs> I come around a little your, bit on him. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that was your initial thought. And uh, Jeremiah said the league is split on him as well. So just for the exact reason you said, just totally crap 2019 tape and then phenomenal 2020. I, I'm the optimist. I usually like to look at their latest tape and say that's more the player they are. But 
Seven but quarters. It's only seven quarters. Seven, seven quarters. Yeah, it's like yeah, seven quarters. You don't even get to make a full tape evaluation because you know if we consider three, four games, seven quarters isn't even two games, really. Uh, Man, he was vaulting dudes like his. He looks so good. Like I was, I was watching it with the most pessimistic mindset, like thinking, like I'm gonna hate this guy still. I can't like him. And then I was like, damn, he's so good. <laughs> so I don't know. He, he's tough. He's a tough one. But yeah. again, I, I do think he is the Ballard type of, of offensive tackle. Darius all fits as well. Um, I, I don't think Tevin Jenkins fits because Jenkins is kind of a short arm, not great athlete. Mm. Even though he's a mauler, he, he likes to just throw people into the ground, and he's really really developed guy. I, I don't think he's athletic profile that fits, but yeah, Darisol and, and Cosme is another one. Darisol, Cosme yeah. and Mayfield, I think are perfect fits there at 21 in terms of what Ballard likes. Yeah. So who they may be playing behind this year, uh, left tackle. There, there are some options. It's not, it's not tremendous. You know, there's uh you've got Trent Williams and then the field basically. Um, I think James Hurst is one of my favorites right now. You and I talked about him recently. Uh, he's got experience at left and right tackle and he's, he's done both at a high level and, you know, not for nothing, but he is from here in central Indiana. That, that has nothing to do with it, but it's a nice little <laughs> anecdote at least. Um, we've talked about shoot, uh, Russell Okun. Um, I, I was thinking it about Jason Peters. I mean, 39 years old, you, that sounds very off-putting, but if you're just renting a guy for a year and you think you have your guy in the draft, why not? You know, he, he's been one of the better left tackles of his generation and he really didn't look like he had fallen off all that much last year. It was just, he had a, he had a foot injury and then his season ended. So you really don't know. It's, you, you probably don't have to pay much for him. It's an option. It's, it's not your top option, but it is an option, you know. Um, yeah, let's see. There, there were some other names out there, but who, who else were you looking at for a potential left tackle match? Yeah. So my top guy, who's a younger player who I've kind of said all season is Roger Johnson from mm -hmm. Houston. Uh, younger guy, super athletic, had, a, you know, play experience playing right tackle and left tackle looked good for Houston when he stepped in late last season. Uh, not the greatest pass blocker, but he's a really strong run blocker. So I think you can kind of hide a little bit of his, of his pass block deficiencies. Uh, but I think the two veteran options to look at that I really like, this isn't any source of those, they're just guys that I really like. Um, recently released Riley, I think it's Riley Reef or Riley Rife. Yeah, from the Vikings. Yeah, their left tackle. Only allowed one sack last season. Uh, watching his film, you know, he, he's a good athlete, not not great athlete. Uh, very strong player, though. Uh, for the most part, his pass pro is really good, except that he does get knocked back a little bit. Like he, I saw him fall, like get knocked on his ass a couple times. And I thought <laughs> that was really weird for a guy his size. But, uh, besides that, I, I think he'd just be a great fit. I think what I'm thinking with him is remember how Jared Valdir looked late last season when he came in perfectly adequate. I think you're getting just a, a slightly better version of that with Riley Wright. Yeah. And I, and I'd be perfectly fine with that. I think that you can go a whole year with that and you'd be perfectly fine. Uh, him. And then, uh, Daryl Williams from the Bills, uh, he might get more than one year, which I wouldn't be interested in, obviously, at that point, but, uh, good year with the Bills. Very, very, uh, veteran tackle who's played left to right side. Uh, good pass pro. I think he only gave up like three sacks last year. Uh, and that's where the quarterback holds the ball a little bit longer in Josh Allen. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Daryl Williams. I, I think the way those guys make sense though is, you know, like we've kind of been hinting at this, this market might not be as great as most free agent markets. Uh, and both those guys are, are older tackles. So they might just say at the end of the day, Hey, I'll take a one year deal with a, an offensive line that's pretty legit, uh, boost my stock going into next year. And then I can get a better deal in next year's time in, in like next year's free agency. So, you know, I could see like a, a deal for those guys being like one year, like 10 million or something. Uh, just to come here, fill that gap for one season, you know, leave in free agency next year and, and the Colts can get a comp pick for them and they can get a longer deal and be a starter somewhere else. So I think that makes sense for both those guys, both both older guys. But obviously that, you know, that could change if they get bigger contracts. But I like Roger Johnson for cheaper and I like both those guys there as a, as the veteran play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you and I both have a lot of faith in the the staff here. Uh, Chris Strasser, now Kevin Mawai. You know, when you're looking at a guy like Roderick Johnson, who hasn't played a ton, he hasn't been really been a full time starter. What can what could they get out of him? You know, could they make him a very serviceable starter? And then, like you said, he kind of parlays that into another contract with another team. Um, Another guy I had my eye on, but he kind of surprising, not even kind of surprisingly got the franchise tag was Cam Robinson from the Jags. I thought he would be interesting to put with this coaching staff, but then they tagged him. So. You know, Which is that, weird because yeah. like a low average tackle and they franchise. I mean, I guess when you have so much money, you can, but I don't know. I, I feel like they should have been in the market for Trent Williams, you know, give Oh yeah. Give him, you know, twenty two, twenty three million dollars a year for a couple seasons, uh, to block for Trevor Lawrence. So he'd be perfectly fine. But whatever, I guess better that's better news for us. Spend a lot of money on Cam Robinson instead instead of going ten more million for Trent Williams. I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got an expensive offensive line. I think Brandon Linder is expensive. Uh, what's, what's the right, uh, Andrew Norwell. Yeah. They cut him though, didn't they? Well, I, yeah. I think they restructured or they were cutting one of the two, but yeah, they've got an expensive offensive line. So to tag a guy who probably doesn't need to be tagged was kind of interesting. Uh, okay. So there's that. And then Edge, we, we've talked a lot about Edge. Um, you know, Romeo Aquara would be great. Carl Lawson. Yannick and Gakwe. Um, I, I've had some people question, you know, the price of some of these guys, but in my opinion, I think defensive end is a cornerstone position for Chris Ballard. I think there's a few positions he'd be willing to really pony up money for, as long as the player was right, of course. Um, I, I think he would be willing to give money to one of those guys. Kind of an exciting thing I've heard about is Romeo Aquara's price tag not being that high. And if that's the case, then get him yesterday. You know what I mean? Um, I, I know how you feel about yeah. that. Who else, uh, who else have you been looking at? Yeah. You know, I will say though, like, like I think I mentioned Hankins was the biggest contract Ballard gave out in free agency. Mm-hmm. It's actually Justin Houston. Okay. That's my fault. I, I got, I corrected myself. It's actually Justin Houston, but the two biggest ones he's given out have been to defensive linemen. You know, so he definitely values defensive linemen. Uh, I mean, Justin Houston, for instance, was two years, twenty-four million. If he's willing to go up to twelve for a guy like Justin Houston, who was still a good player but not like an ascending younger guy, mm-hmm. what what would he go up to for Bud Dupree? What would he go up for for uh, Yannick Ngakwe? All these guys, right? And we also know that he was, I think, he was only a couple million dollars short, if that, on Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith a couple years ago. We we mm-hmm. heard about all that stuff after that free agency, so. Yeah, I think he's going to be active in the edge guys. Uh, like the guys you just mentioned there, I'd, I'd be all for any of them. You know, Carl Lawson, 
Romeo Aquara, Ian Nagakwe, Bud Dupree. We've talked about these guys quite a bit, so I'm not going to just keep going on on them. But uh, number one thing for the Colts in not only the free agency, but this whole offseason is getting a, a edge rusher who is disruptive, can actually alter the game without getting sacks. Uh, just getting that alongside DeForest Buckner. So if it's any of those guys, you got it. So I, I just want somebody, you know, it's just spend a little bit at that position and I don't care what else happens in the AFC. Well, I think the good news is they will do something because they have yeah. to. Al-Kadeen Muhammad, Justin Houston, and Danico Autry accounted for 18 of the team's 40 sacks. And then without them, the only guys you have left at defensive end are Kamoko Toure and Ben Banigou. And you could consider Taekwon Lewis there, but they've been trying to keep him at three-tech his whole career. They just keep having to put him out on the edge for for injuries. Um but they have to. They have three bodies there, you know, and one of them they want to play inside anyway. So something has to happen. It might as well be one of one of the better, even more expensive guys. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to happen. I I think they'll probably draft someone too. I would hope at least. Uh, so we'll see on that. And then cornerback. Um, I'll, I'll let you throw another position in, in there if you want after that. But cornerback, again, not a great class. Um, Xavier Rhodes. Would probably be priority number one, bringing him back. Um, but if not, you know, you have to focus on TJ Carey as well, because uh, just the support he provided with Rakison going out when he had that that uh, illness, and then he filled in for for someone else again. I think Xavier Rhodes went down briefly, but yeah, TJ Carey provided really good security last year. Uh, I was looking at like Ronald Darby. Uh, I think would be a good option, but apparently he might be working on something to return to Washington. Um, I don't know. It's just not a great class. I, I like William Jackson. I, I know I think he was in your red area. You did not like William Jackson. Was that right? I don't like him at his price. I don't like him at his price he's going to be at. Like, I okay. like him. It's kind of like because, you know, Kenny Galladay was in my red as well. Like, I, I love Kenny Galladay. Like, mm-hmm. if you follow me on Twitter, it doesn't seem like that lately, but I, I love <laughs> It's just the price. A, yeah, it's just the price. I wouldn't go up to that for him, so. William Jackson's kind of the same way. I really like him. Uh, I think there's a little too much inconsistency in his game for me to go to what he's probably going to get. But, uh, you know, if it were like under $10 million a year, I'd definitely go for William Jackson. I love him. Yeah, and then there's a there's a couple polarizing younger guys out of Washington. Or not, well, one of them is. Kevin King and then Russell Douglas. Okay. Isn't Russell Douglas, didn't he get moved to a safety at one point? I don't know. I just know he was. Was that Jalen Mills? I think that was Jalen Mills. M- Mills. Yeah, Mills was a corner and moved to free safety because he was kind of butt a corner. <laughs> I I actually had him on my list today of of former Carson Wentz teammates who could resign with the Colts because if they do want to give those three safety looks and do a lot of cool stuff in sub packages, he's played a, like all five defensive back positions, <laughs> all five kind of basic positions. So. They could bring him in probably for cheap and do some interesting things with him. Um, but yeah, there's Kevin King from Washington and Russell Douglas. Douglas has been kind of written off at this point, but King, King is still kind of interesting. I would say keep an eye on Kevin King for sure. And um, he would, he was heavily rumored during his draft period, I think, to be coming here. He or they were very, they were very interested. Yeah. He was a top 30 visit. Uh, he, he fits every single thing that Fluce and Mallard like in their corners. You know, they like those big corners that are physical and can tackle. 
I, I know Kevin King's not the most consistent tackler, but he he's willing at least to come up. Six three two twenty, so he's got the size. He's a good athlete. Uh, just it just didn't work out in in Green Bay, and I'm not saying it's not his fault. Like there was moments where it wasn't good. I mean that that playoff game against the Bucks was not good whatsoever. When he jumped, uh, and, five and there's reasons before to be down the ball got there. <laughs> oh, he never times his jumps correctly. I've oh, watched some of his jump. He doesn't time his. He doesn't know. He doesn't know when to jump. You could tell him when to jump. He'll <sighs> jump ten seconds later. For a dude uh, with that wingspan, that's such a shame because like. He could block out the sun if he timed it fine. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's I think he's a candidate for, like, the Colts. He's not going to be the only signing if the Colts were to sign him. You know, no. like, he would be uh, someone they would sign along with, like, Nick Xavier Rhodes. And this would be, like, say say, say TJ Carey leaves, they sign Xavier Rhodes back, and then they bring in a guy like Kevin King who's very interesting that they could just, you know, see what they can do with that. I think there's going to be interest there. I don't know if it'll ultimately get done, but... King fits everything they want in their corners. He's a reclamation project as well, just like other corner. I mean, Pierre Desir was a kind of reclamation project when they brought him in. Xavier Rose, they they like those bigger guys that they can kind of fix up. And I think King makes a lot of sense maybe on a one-year deal too because say, say you, you bring him in, he has a good season, right? Then he's a former first-round pick who's like 26, hitting the market again. And even if you have no interest in signing him back, you can get a good comp pick if someone overpays for that, which oh, yeah. we're going to have that TV deal next year. It's going to be a crazy buyer's market. So you could get a nice comp pick. I just think the Kevin King fit makes a lot of sense in a way. Like if, if you're relying on him, it's, it's bad. But if he's kind of like a depth piece that you're just seeing what you can do with that, I, I think it's a very smart signing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that one just seems, it kind of seems like they, Missed on him and then got like Marvel Tell, for example. They seemed like they were kind of the same. They were going for the same thing there. Uh, the other Washington guy I was thinking of was, uh, Sidney Jones. Another guy who kind of flamed out, but okay, has, he, was that big, tall guy, athletic. What's that? Is he unrestricted? I didn't even, I, I didn't believe so. I, yeah. I'm on NFL trade rumors.com. It looks like he's unrestricted right now. Uh, another another name I didn't really know of until today, but it's very interesting. Michael Davis from the Chargers, twenty seven, yeah. another another big long guy. Uh, he's he's given them quality starts, you know, over over some time. So that's an interesting one I could see the Colts being interested in. And then uh, you you've brought up Akella Witherspoon multiple times, yeah. another lengthy guy. So if they get a corner, he's probably going to be over six six foot. I would imagine. A lot of yeah. these dudes are big, long guys. Yeah, the only other names I throw out there is I, I know they're going to have interest in Shaq Griffin. I just don't know if they're going to go up to his price tag because uh, he he might get around like 15, 16 a year. I don't think Ballard's going to go that high, but if he decides to open up the checkbook, I, could, I definitely could see that signing happening. I know that there is interest in him. They, they do like him as a player. Uh, but two other interesting guys I like. Um, who both have worked with James Rowe in the past, uh, the Colts defensive backs coach now. Um, Quentin Dunbar is hitting the mark after kind of a poor year with, with the Seahawks, but under Rowe, he was outstanding. So maybe if Rowe's standing on the table for him, they could get, you know, get him at a nice little bargain. And also, Washington, he, Washington right? Yeah, they, when they both played for Washington. Yeah. Uh, the other one would be uh, Fabian Moreau from Washington. Okay. Uh, younger guy, uh, very good athlete. Had some good moments, but pretty inconsistent with Washington. He's definitely going to hit the market. I don't know if there's going to be genuine interest there, but I, I think that they're both interesting players, especially if, you know, Coach James Rowe, even though I'm I'm assuming he doesn't have much pull right now, 
but if he's standing on the table for him saying, I can make these guys studs, I could see something like that happening. But, you know, it, it's a, it's an interesting market. It's not a very good market for corners. Uh, there's a lot of veteran guys that I'm not really interested in. I don't know if the Colts would be. I know there's been some reports going out that they are interested in bringing back Rhodes and signing Patrick Peterson. I That just doesn't seem like Ballard to me, but who no, knows? That seems expensive I, as hell for an outside position, which is something he for doesn't do. Older guys, too. For two yeah. older guys. I don't know. But, you know, I, I like some of these younger guys. I think Kevin King makes the most sense, so they're going to take a shot on a younger guy to kind of rehabilitate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is – did you have any other positions in EF? I think it's pretty much the, the primary four. Yeah, I mean, I think the questions will probably get us into other ones too. But, oh, of um, But, you know, I can see them signing a safety and a linebacker, but they won't be like high, high-end high guys. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is kind of interesting to me because you could kind of sign him to be a quality back, like backup to your two young guys, be a mentor to the young guys because I know – Kenny Vaccaro, from everything I've heard reports-wise, is, is a strong leadership-type guy, uh, high character, can play in the box as well because I know the Colts want to get back to some three-safety looks. Uh, so I think I think he could make some sense if you're looking at safeties, but we'll, we'll talk more about that here in the question. I think we got a question about that too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think safety or linebacker, we could see a signing. I don't see running back, maybe a quarterback like you mentioned at the top, but I don't think it would be like Brissett. I think it would be like a, a – like a, Chase Daniel type, like just career backup that could be adequate stepping in. I don't know. I don't, I don't know with that. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. Just a cheap veteran who's been there before and won't totally lose the game for you. Like he'll, he'll hit his dump off passes. He'll hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. You know, just someone, someone who's not heinous. It's really all we can, all we can hope for. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and get to the questions here in a moment. Uh, before we do that, I want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether it's the rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Man, that one is such a tongue twister. That one, <laughs> it's only the second <laughs> Dude, time we've read it, but it's very difficult. Authenticity, man. I'm figuring out how to say that word better each time. Oh yeah. That's like subscribing for me. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the, the two kickers for the Colts. Oh, Jesus. That's what that one's for you. Oh, <laughs> Don't have to get into that until about September. All right. So like I mentioned, you guys are insane people and we got a lot of questions. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sift through the, through these, uh, try not to double up on some of them and get to kind of the ones that probably have the most interest involved in them. Uh, let's see. So of course our boy, uh, Max Houghton had to, had to get at you about kickers. Uh, but then he said his actual question is what do you think the Colts interest should be in Eric Fisher 
considering the Casey Ballard connection and recovery time for injury. Uh, so we did touch on that briefly. I, we kind of expect Ballard to find out what the latest is on that. I, I imagine he'll check in on the situation, but you know, Achilles injury late in the season on an older player, it doesn't sound too promising. So, yeah. I mean, unless it, again, like, unless it's like a two year, $10 million deal, like that's just random. I don't even know why Fisher would probably just be better off sitting out a whole year than doing that. Um, I, I just don't see that happening. I don't even know if he signs with anybody this all season, honestly, because if you're thinking about it, if you're him, why would you sign anything that's below your market price, right? When you can just sit out the year, come back strong next off season and get a decent deal because there's always a need for tackles. And then when you're thinking about for other teams, why would you pay a, a long-term deal for a guy who you don't know is going to be like coming back from Achilles? So I, I think it's more realistic if he doesn't get signed. And maybe he's like a mid-season addition if his Achilles injury that late in the season, he's going to miss a lot of next year. Uh, without that, I would say he'd almost be a shoe in to come to Indy. But with that, I, I don't think it's probably happening this offseason. Right. Yeah, I, I think the Colts are a logical destination, but I, I just think teams are going to be more willing to give him money knowing he's fully healed later in the season rather than anything yeah. happening this offseason. Uh, Lucas Robbins up next. He said, who are some of the under radar free agents you could see the Colts targeting at linebacker or safety given Ballard's prototype? That's what you were just talking about. Um, let's see. He said Colts Twitter speculates a lot about other positions because they're big needs but the depth is vital with Anthony Walker and Malik Hooker likely gone and Kari Willis and Darius Leonard getting dinged up at times. Uh, so yeah, do you have any kind of sneaky linebacker or safety picks that you might see coming through? Uh, safety guys. I really, my two guys I really like at safety are Jaquiski Tart and Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, mm-hmm. Tart I really like because he was a, like he, he was a guy who, showed flashes of top tier play at the position. And that's why he got a pretty decent contract from the Niners a couple years ago, but it just never like, you know, injuries kind of hampered him. Uh, other things just, you know, inconsistencies. I think if he were to come to India as like a third safety or rotational guy, I think that'd be smart way to kind of revitalize his career uh, and maybe hit big next year in free agency. So I really like Tart uh, for those reasons. And, and Kenny Vaccaro, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, a guy who can play in the box or he can play deep mentor type for the young safeties, good rotational guy. Uh, I would really like to see Kenny Vaccaro be at least someone they're interested in. Uh, linebackers I haven't really looked at. I don't know if there's many. From what I remember, I don't think there was many interesting guys at all. Like Matt Milano being signed today just kind of took away the, the, the by far and away best linebacker that was going to be on the market. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't even know if I would touch a linebacker at all in this free agency class. Do you see anybody that you kind of like at linebacker? Uh, not so much linebacker. I'm trying to think of, you know, some, some more athletic lighter guys. Um, Jared Evans is, is something, but I, I mean, I just think they're probably only looking for a Sam or a special teamer. There's, it's just, it's almost I feel like the draft the best way. I feel like yeah. th- this is actually a draft that has a lot of good, like lengthy athletic linebackers. Uh, you, you know, at the top, you know, the top of the of day two, you got like Baron Browning and Jabril Cox and yeah. uh, Jamin Davis. Those guys are going to be very good. Even on day three, there's a couple of interesting guys. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't bother with linebacker and free agency unless, you know, say Jayon Brown just wanted to take a one year deal. Sure. Yeah. I like Jayon Brown. He's a really good player. Uh, besides that, 
no, I don't, I don't think I would touch linebacker in free agency. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't see the point in it really um, for what they need. They're obviously not going to replace Darius Leonard or Bobby Okariki and maybe they get a Sam, but uh, I, I don't know that there's one worth really signing when you have Zaire Franklin right there, perhaps EJ speed can do it. Uh, as for safety again, you know, Jalen Mills is, is interesting. I, I know you mentioned uh, Vicaro as well. I really like that. He always has had a little versatility to his game. Uh, DeMonte uh, Casey, um, I saw a video of him today. He's been rehabbing, uh, not expected to return to Atlanta, but that's an interesting name. He's He's been a starter. Um, Trey Boston. I, he doesn't offer you a lot of, he doesn't really offer you a lot of versatility outside of free safety though. I think him and Washington is the worst kept secret in football right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Like, you know, Ron Rivera is there too. I I think all the Ron Rivera connections all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that signing is going to happen pretty soon because I think he got released. So yeah. Or maybe, no, maybe he's a, a, yeah, he's a street free agent right now because I think he did get let go. Yeah, um, so I, I think that one's going to happen pretty soon. But, yeah, I wouldn't really be interested in him. Another guy I like is uh, from Buffalo, which you guys are going to see throughout this huge, huge emphasis on Buffalo guys from me in this free agency apparently. Uh, but Dean Marlowe, uh, veteran-type safety, I think he's like 30, special mm-hmm. team experience, could play either safety spot. Made some plays there in his time at Buffalo. So, yeah, it's no one high-end. Uh Preferably going a little higher than what Tavon Wilson was last year, though, and just getting kind of consistent backup, you know. But yeah, I think I think Kenny Vaccaro is probably my best realistic option that I would like for safety and kind of for linebacker because I think he can play some linebacker too. Yeah, there's some guys I like, but they they would just be too expensive, or or they would probably command a bigger role than they would have here. Um, let's see, who was I just seeing? Uh, like um, the the guy from the Rams who just got let go. You know, Joiner, no, um, Johnson. Oh, 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 yeah, oh yeah. Rams. Sorry, they said Raiders. Sorry, uh, yeah. yeah, John Johnson, yeah. I think. Yeah, those guys are gonna be they, like, yeah, huge. they like Justin Simmons would have been that if he would have hit, yeah, um, uh, Anthony, Anthony Harris. Harris, yeah, yeah, they, they just would be too expensive and would need a too big of a role for what they would be able to get with the Colts. So I just yeah. don't see really the point of that. That's a couple of positions I just don't really see happening. If they did get safeties, I think it'd be probably cheaper guys. Um, a guy like Beccaro, if he's willing to have kind of a, you know, kind of a rotational role, because he's been a starter pretty much his whole career. Uh, but yeah, linebacker and safety, it's not really positions I really envision happening, but it, it, it could, you never know. Um, next up, uh, Colts geek says, why will I be disappointed that Chris Ballard won't sign all these flashy free agents that Colts Twitter promises me? And why will those cheap free agents perform better than expected? And why is the only thing that really matters how Carson plays next year? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's actually great. I mean, all those are correct. (laughs) Yeah. That's a roller coaster right there. Yeah. So as it's, as is always said, never hope. That's why. If you have low expectations, you don't get hurt that way. I I, I was talking with uh, – I was actually texting Jim Yellow the other night, and we were talking about this where we were saying, like, a good free agency for us. And I, I think it was me that texted this, so I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. But I was saying, like, you know, go after a guy like Aquara, and then almost every other signing just be someone that was, like, a guy who was cut, you know, like a John Brown, uh, Riley Reif, Riley Reef or Reif, or whatever he says his name. Um 
Quentin Jefferson, you know, those kind of guys, all these cut guys. And then like maybe one kind of splashy pass rusher. And I'd be super happy with that. Uh, I, I think that's a great free agency and a very realistic one for, for Chris Ballard. And I know the fans would hate it because they didn't sign Kenny Galladay and Shaq Barrett and all these other guys. Yeah. At the same time. Uh, I think like, like the question kind of posed with the, with the follow-up questions, you got to prepare that Ballard's not going to go super crazy. I think, I think it is realistic to think he's going to go a little splashy for the edge for an edge player uh, because he recognized the need there and he knows how important it is. But besides that, I don't see him going too, too big on anybody, you know, and, and the biggest thing I always like to, you know, kind of say to Colts nation is Chris Ballard. And and it's something that's been going around. We all kind of know it at this point, agents know it, all these, everyone who's kind of close to the team knows it. Uh, It's the like worst kept secret. Chris Ballard, when he puts a price tag on someone, he doesn't go above it ever. Like he, when, if he deems you are a $9 million a year player, if another team offers $9 million and $1 a year, he won't go above that to beat it. He will stay at the $9 million. He Like, he is frugal that way. It's annoying. Uh, it, it, like, don't worry. I, I get frustrated. I don't have the kind of resolve that he has for that. But it, it's worked out. I mean, he's he's been he's had some great free agencies despite not spending that much money. So he'll put his price tag on his guys. He won't go above it. And that'll cause him to lose out on some of these big-name guys. And, and everybody will get pissed off. And then... Keelan Cole will go for a thousand yards now, you know, whoever, some, <laughs> some low end guy will go for a thousand, you know, it's just how he does it. But uh, yeah, I, I think we'll see a little bit of a splash at edge. It might not even be a huge one, just a little bit there. And then I think it'll be kind of those cut guys, maybe like Kenny Vaccaro or John Brown or type like that. I don't think it's going to be a huge, huge trade see though. Like people think, especially with those extensions coming up. Yeah, exactly. I'm, by the way, I'm glad you like Keelan Cole. Cause I've always liked him too. I've always <laughs> yeah. snuck him under the bench in my fantasy teams, but the Jaguars just never fed him. He needs to come to Indianapolis and just get a more consistent role. I'd be in, I'd be in. I, I turn on his film because I was looking for just a fourth receiver to throw in some, I was doing a bargain bin receiver article and mm-hmm. I was just looking for a fourth guy to throw in there. And I watched his film and I came away thinking that he's the best of these four guys. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Now I'm a Keelan Cole truther. Cause I, I really want him here. Cause he's, yeah. he's smooth. He's tough. He's a good route runner. Uh, great hands can go up and get it. Yeah. I don't he think he's anything great special. Like, I don't, yeah. Like, I don't think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver, but the Colts haven't had a thousand yard receiver in two seasons anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I think he'd be perfectly fine here. Absolutely. Yeah. They're just kind of looking for role players right now. Um, next one up from Quanta Clark. Would you sign a free agent edge guy and draft one? If so, who would they be? Uh, so we've kind of given our our free agents, of course. Um, one guy I actually wrote about today in the draft was Jason Owe from uh, from Penn State. I think he definitely he he kind of fits everything the Colts draft in a defensive end to me, uh, without without having his entirety of his pre draft measurables and everything yet. Um, that's that's one name I would do. I would like to trade back and get him though. What was that? it's going to be freaky when his measurements come out. Like oh, he's yeah. a guy where all these numbers are going to be juiced, right? All these numbers, like I know people will kill me for saying this, but Rashad Bateman running a four, three, eight is not real. He, right. didn't, <laughs> he did not run. Well, like, look, you can watch this film and think he's a great prospect, which he is. He's a really good prospect. He's not a four, three receiver. He, he's not. Um, all these numbers are going to be completely juiced this year. Uh, always a guy where he's going to run like probably four threes, which is going to be a little bit of an exaggeration, but the four fours are correct and he's like 260 pounds yeah. <laughs> it's, like, so it's, it's, it's fine it's like insane end. like he's he's like montez sweat level freaky 
Yeah. Yeah. He's freaky. He's freaky. Uh, the thing that scares me with him, though, is I think he had zero sacks last year. He had zero, zero. sacks. Yes. Zero I, sacks. I do think – so I just know – I finished his tape. I think he was just asked to do a lot of things that yeah. required patience and not attacking. I think with the Colts – now, he would also be a little bit of a project in Raw. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be a guy year one that you're looking at, like, big statistics by any means. Um, but I think just with the Colts in their style of defensive line, they want controlled chaos, just go raise hell and get into the backfield. There's not a lot of thinking. There's not a lot of responsibilities and things. It's just go, go get the backfield, you know? And I, I think in that type of role, he could develop yeah. into something really nice, but I think he's a player that has to go to the right spot. He's, he's not going to just work out everywhere. I think he makes yeah. sense if the Colts were to sign like an Aquara type where yeah. uh, Romeo Aquara is a very developed, nuanced pass rusher. He's not like this supreme athlete, but he's a guy who's going to get you that con- that consistent pressure. So when you have a guy like Aquara who's going to make a constant impact, then you presumably have, you know, Ture subbing in and you have hopefully Banigou takes a step and he can kind of play a little bit more this next year. Then you can kind of ease away along. But if you go for, I don't know, like an inconsistent high-end type guy, or you don't even land a top guy, and then you bring in Owe, then I think you can see some issues because then you just have a whole group filled with guys who are raw and need development. Yeah. Uh, but if you bring in a guy like, like Aquara, where it's already a developed guy who's going to give you production, then I could see you just taking a shot on a guy like Owe. Yeah, I, I was asked about that a couple times after that article, and that is that is with the, the caveat that they sign a free agent edge rusher that we know can can get pressure because you can't again yeah. you can't have oa um Ture and banagu as like your primary pass rushers that's just not realistic you don't you can't hang your hat on any of those guys so you have to have someone else that you know gets pressure that that would be the the stipulation there so yeah i, I think you and i would both we, we'd be fine with signing and drafting one as long as as long as the free agent you got was like a sure thing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think one I like would be like, say, say for instance, you go Bud Dupree, right. Or, you know what, Here, here's a good one. Yannick Nagakwe. really like Yannick Nagakwe. I think he'd be a really fun one, but is he like an every down guy? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Then I, I think you could get a guy like Peyton Turner on day two, like say you trade back and maybe in like round three, you get Peyton Turner uh, who can play that like your base defensive end, who can sub in a little bit on the inside too. Uh, and even if he's not going to be super productive, you're going to get a good run defender and like a strong player along with Nagakwe, who's a top tier pass rusher. I think, yeah, I think he's got to, got to blend them a little bit. If you're going to go with both, but the Colts definitely have a need for at least two guys, maybe even three guys on the edge this off season. So yeah, if you're drafting one and signing one or drafting one and signing two, I think it makes sense. You have a, there's a big need there right now. Yeah, absolutely. Again, something has to happen because ha- almost 50% of their sacks from last year are free agents, and two of those three guys are over 30 years old. Yeah. Um, there, I, I really liked this next question. Uh, do you be- actually believe the narrative that players will either get small deals or one-year deals because of the cap situation, or will free agency be the same carousel of overpriced contracts as always. So you kind of mentioned it. There's the TV deal and then the lower salary cap this year. I do think there will be smaller deals because guys know guys and their agents know that, you know, next year and the year after they have a better chance of hitting that huge payday. Now, obviously age is a factor guys who are 29 or 30 right now probably would like 
two, three year deals. They, they don't, you know, they, they probably don't have the, the opportunity to get those big money deals, but yeah, you're, you're, you're guys who would normally look to sign longer term deals might just be doing one or two ones. Yeah. I think the two things we'll see big this offseason. again, this is pure speculation. Uh, lots of one-year deals uh, for players whose markets just don't go the way they, they would expect. And, you know, they have the optimism for next year's market uh, and a lot of backloaded contracts. I think we'll, we'll see a lot of contracts that are going to be, you know, say it's a three or four year deal. Well, a lot of that cap is going to be in those third or fourth years because of those TV deals, you know, because again, the, the estimation is, is going to be like massive. Like the cap could get up to like 250 million here in the next couple of years. Damn. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it is. I don't know exactly. That definitely helps the Colts with how much they got to spend on Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith and Darius Leonard here coming up. But, um, but like, for instance, like, I think we'll see a lot of one-year deals. Like it's just, this is pure exemplatory. Like this is not actually what I think is going to happen, but say Corey Davis's market just doesn't go the way, you know, say he wants to get 15 or 16 a year. Uh, the highest he's getting is like 10 or 11. If you're a guy like Corey Davis, why not take like a one year, $8 million deal with the chiefs or something, you know, potentially win a super bowl and then hit the market after this, you know, crazy TV deal is signed and, and get a lot more than what you even expected. So I think we'll see a lot of one-year deals. I don't know if that benefits the Colts 100%. I think it does in a way because they're a, they're a good team that has a lot of cap space. So they could do a lot of those one-year deals. Uh, They're one of those few good teams with a ton of cap space, but you know, I think we'll see a lot more with those like championship contenders, you know, like the bills and the chiefs and the the Buccaneers will probably get a couple more one-year deals, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of one years and a lot of backloaded contracts, which which could definitely benefit the Colts. Yeah, teams loading up for for a Super Bowl run with those one year deals. You know, they, their their window is right now, so they think you know those those short deals can do it. Uh, next yeah. up, I love this name from Carson Fisticuffs. He said, <laughs> "Do you think Tyquan Lewis could have an expanded role this year?" Uh, I absolutely see that happening. Um, probably won't play too much inside as much because DeForest Buckner plays a lot of snaps. Um, but again, right now he's your most dependable edge guy if the season started right now. So I, I do think he'd have an expanded role. Yeah, I think he's probably, I mean, currently he's the in-house favorite to be the starting uh, strong side defensive end because there's yeah. nobody else. But I think even if they were to bring back, like I know that they want to bring back Autry, even if they do bring back Autry, I think that we'll see more snaps on the edge for, Taekwon Lewis next year as well. So uh, I think, th- you know, the hope is he has a great off season. He gets to get more snap. Uh, hopefully it was a real off season this time. Uh, Cause I think a lot of players were hurt by the fact that there wasn't a real off season program last year, um, mm. but he had a good year last year. I think five and a half sacks is what he finished with. Uh, I think if he gets more playing time on that strong side defensive end spot would be good for him. Yeah. I, I like you said, even if Autry comes back, I would like to see more Taekwon Lewis. Just, you know, there's an age difference there. Taekwon is still an ascending player. I think Autry's a very streaky player. He's yeah. the guy who will get you two or three sacks a game and then won't get another one for two, three weeks. He's that type of guy. I really want to see Taekwon Lewis get some momentum because I, I just think there's a lot of upside there. Uh, next one is from my new partner over at SI, Josh Carney. He said, if you could choose one free agent this year for the Colts, price tag be damned who would it be and why so we'll we'll include unrealistic guys other than you know if if they're gonna get franchise tag or if they got franchise tag whatever this one's gonna take me a second do you do you have a you know no strings attached free agent you would pick uh i mean just 
pick one of these three out of a hat, uh, Shaq Barrett, Carl mm-hmm. Lawson, or Romeo Aquara. Uh, okay. Just pick one of those guys out of hat for me, and I'm fine. Uh, but, I mean, if we're, if we're saying price tag doesn't matter, it'd probably be Shaq Barrett is what I go for uh, because he's, the like, the most productive of the three. But any one of those three, uh, I call it a great offseason. So, yeah, give me, give me any one of them. I think – if we're if we're saying price tag be damned, my whole issue with this guy has been price tag Trent Williams at, at left tackle, um, because we've talked about not tying up too much money into the offensive line. I I think he's he's a little older, but he's not so old that he can't play five six more years probably. I mean, oh, he's, just, he's a freak too. So. Yeah, and he's a tremendous athlete. You don't see tackles who are that good athletes very often. You know, I was just talking about Jason Peters is 39. I, I think Trent Williams is 32 or something. So he's, you know, mm-hmm. you get one good long-term contract out of that. So I think that's who I would pick because I think defensive end has a little more options as far as really good players go this year. So I think that would be my pick. That's yeah. Uh, maybe like maybe Curtis Samuel too is another one I throw out there. Curtis Samuel makes would be really fun. That'd be a fun one. I think Allen Robinson would have been my pick if he didn't get tagged. All right, next up from Colts thoughts: How much does Marvell Tell's return play a factor in the Colts' action in the cornerback market? I would say not at all. Um, I I really like Marvell Tell probably more than most people, honestly. Um, but that's that's a guy who a he was really raw and didn't get a ton of playing time already as a rookie. I mean, I I think he factored into their future plans just fine, but then he was a COVID-19 opt-out last year. So it's, you know, it's, it's tough to say. I don't think his presence factors in at all. I think they would like for him to, to take the reins and, and take a step forward, but he also was just away for a year. So, I, I would say his presence does not affect what they do in the cornerback market at all. Have you noticed that we get a Marvell Tell question every single time we, we record and ask for a question? I think it's always Colts thoughts. I think he just loves Marvell Tell, which I get. Marvell Tell was good as a rookie. Like, I like him. But, yeah. no, it's it's kind of like how Banigou and Ture shouldn't factor into going after an edge player in yeah. free agency. Uh, Paris Tell, Campbell. Yeah, Paris Campbell shouldn't factor into receivers. Tell Tell shouldn't factor into being corners. And it's it's not even because those guys are young. It's, you know, Campbell hasn't stayed healthy. It's Banigou barely played last year. Ture hasn't stayed healthy. Uh, Marvel Tell just didn't play at all this past year. So mm-hmm. you you kind of have to, you know, you can't factor him into any equation right now because, you know, you're, you're, you're away from seeing what he's actually going to bring. And he was a day three guy when you had him. So. I'm excited for him. I think he's going to yeah. be a good player for this team. Uh, but currently, I don't think you can factor him in too much. Yeah, they didn't. They just didn't make a big investment in him. And if he had played as much as Rocky Sin did as a rookie, I'd probably have a slightly different answer. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's just like how would TJ Carey factor in or something? You know, and, and Carey even even more so. Uh, next one from Marcus Fatosa. I think it's time, and this isn't a free agent one, but I'll, I'll give you this one because you know you're you're from Brazil. We got friends out there in Brazil. <laughs> I think it's time for the Colts to pick a skill player in the first round of the draft. Rashad Bateman. What do you think? Ballard needs a sexy pick in the first round. So this might be Nate Kent's uh, Brazilian burner account. I don't know, but <laughs> no, Rashad Bateman. I I think that'd be a perfectly fine pick. Um, you know, of course, depending what's there on the board, but. 
you know, I, I think his size and athletic ability, playmaking ability fits what the Colts would like. They certainly need help at receiver. It would be nice to get some young help at receiver. I'd be into it. Yeah. Um, my build a Ballard for receivers actually comes out tomorrow, but I will say that the top two, those are the guys who I think would fit what Ballard typically likes at the receiver position. So yeah, I mean, if you wanted to make that splash and, and honestly, you know, looking at it, looking at the edge players who might be there by 21, uh, I, I don't really want to go tackle at 21 because I think there's options in the middle rounds that make more sense. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, and, and maybe a corner, but besides that, you know, I'm kind of wishy-washy on those positions. So I'm kind of more so on the train of taking a receiver if you're going to keep that first round pick. So Rashad Bateman, I think would be a, a great addition to this team. A uh, really good player can win in the slot, can win on the outside, uh, smooth off the line. And they kind of need a guy like that. So yeah, I'm all for Rashad Bateman and Indy in the, in the first round. If, if that's where they want to go with that first round pick. Yeah, I'm very much into a trio of Michael Pittman, Rashad Bateman, and Paris Campbell, given his health, of course. But. <laughs> in the three games, Paris Campbell. Yeah, that would be so good, yeah. Uh, we get right. games Paris Campbell, then we yeah. would <laughs> <all> the win. <laughs> God, he, if he doesn't play much this year, he will go down as one of the biggest what-ifs in Colts history, for real. Yeah, Bob Sanders, Paris Campbell. Those are the yeah. top. <laughs> Damn near. No, it's uh did, did you did you get any more questions that you got that uh that really tripped your trigger tonight? Yeah, yeah. One I like here is uh from Destin Adams, one of my guys on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh go follow him over at the Colts Ball Colts Brawl podcast. Uh they, they do a great job over there. But uh rank the in-house free agents from most likely to return to least likely return. So I'll let you go first because you have the uh you have the list in front of yeah, you. I have the sheet the sheet up here. Um I'm only going to work off of what's that. Let's not count restricted guys because yeah, just just unrestricted. So most likely, mm, I would say one of the defensive ends, whether it's Autry or Houston, I think Autry is going to have a bigger market for himself. So I'd say Houston just because they have to have someone there. Um, TJ Carey seems likelier than Xavier Rhodes and I throw T.Y. Hilton up there near the top as well because I think I I was gonna say I think Carey is the most likely in my opinion like yeah because you know he filled in great I don't see there being much of a market for him and you know he's a veteran type guy and I don't think it would cost too much so I I think that one's just I'm I've Personally, for me, I'm kind of already penciling that one in as a return. Like, I don't see him not coming back. Right. Yeah. With, with the likelihood that Rhodes does not return, they don't want to lose both of them. And Carey's probably not going to have, like, a huge market, like you said. So that one makes a lot of sense to me. Um. Yeah. I think al there's a good chance. But after that, it starts to get super iffy, I think. Um, least likely, I'd probably say Hooker, Mac, Anthony yeah. Walker. Yeah, I don't think yeah, any yeah. of those three are coming the, back. Those, the whole 2017 class, except yeah. for Silver. I I would definitely not think any of those guys have come back. Anything I've written, I've I've included those guys as probably not coming back. But I think Hooker is like the least likely to come back. Someone told me the other day he sold his house too. <laughs> like, that's I would. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean. I, I just, 
I think it's time for him and the Colts both to move on from each other. You know, it's just it doesn't make sense on either side. It um, really, it really doesn't. You can you can make a case for Walker and Mac, but you really can't make much of a case for Hooker. Yeah, um, I think Walker is most likely gone, but you could kind of make a case there. Mac only if he has no market whatsoever because he's coming off that Achilles injury, which is notable for being the killer of running backs. But um, I, I don't, I don't think either of those three are coming back. I'd honestly personally put Houston towards that tier as well. I think, you know, you, they got their two years out of him, they got production out of him, but I think they need to go younger and they need to go more, you know, some just more impact out there. Not that like people are going to listen to this and they're going to say, oh, Houston got ten sacks. Yeah, but he didn't get really much else. You know, it wasn't many pressures. There weren't many quarterback hits. It was mostly sack or nothing. Yeah. Uh, and the Colts just need more than that, especially when you have a guy like Buckner who's constantly pressuring the pocket. You need a guy who's going to be constantly pressuring the edge as well. I don't think that's Houston. Uh, so I'd probably put Houston towards the bottom as well. T-Von Wilson way towards the bottom. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. Uh, LaRaven Clark and Chaz Green, obviously. You mean to tell me Chaz Green is not at the top um, of the list? I'm trying to think of other guys. I don't have the list in front of me. <laughs> no, so didn't you, you see my source tweet my source tweet <laughs> it was per sources the colts will not use their franchise tag on chas okay i, I want to verify i just want to say something on 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 the podcast here even though i didn't get too many comments like this i did get a couple people i got like two dms and a couple people on reddit were like calling me out for being a bully to Chaz green with that tweet oh and and here's the thing here's because they were saying like it, it's upsetting that a journalist is saying this about a player I wasn't making fun of Chaz Green with that tweet. Like I was not, he was not my intended target. It was 100% Adam Schefter with that tweet because <laughs> Adam Schefter spent the entire day the other day being like Hunter Henry's not getting the franchise tag. Okay. We all know that he's not a good player. So why would he Chris Carson's not getting the franchise tag? Okay. Thank you. Like I could have told you that months ago. Like, like he was just going off these guys who are like decent players, but they're not, guys would get franchise tags and it was like every single tweet of his that day and i was like man i i need to make fun of this somehow and Chaz green was just the easiest one to use to make fun of that so yeah, honestly like it's even if, if Chaz were to call me out for that i've been like dude i like unless you think that me not calling you the best tackle in football is is insulting like i, I don't know where my issue is here but no Chaz Green won't be back. <laughs> I don't. I don't see him coming back at all. Uh, an interesting one I could see happening coming back would be maybe Will Holden. I think he's a free agent. Uh, you know that one game he played was promising, and the Colts need depth at the tackle spot. So at least bring him back for a camp spot. But no, the most likely guys I'd say were T.J. Carey and Nico Autry are probably the most likely guys. Even though Autry's, you know, could be tricky with other teams being interested, but. TJ Carey, I'm pretty confident in saying he'll be back. And then Hilton and Rhodes, I probably both put it 50-50. Um, that one, it, that, that's just going to be completely market-based if those guys come back. Come back. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Will Holden because I, I had shower thoughts today. I was thinking about Colts left, left tackle position. And Will Holden came up. I was like, you know, what? I want to watch this film again and then write about if I think he'd be – if he'd be a dark horse to even be in the conversation for left tackle. And now yeah. you mentioned it, I think that's a sign from God that I got to go ahead and do it. Yeah. He's, <laughs> when, when you watch it, when you watch the film, are you going to just watch the Colts stuff or other stuff as well? I'll, I'll probably go back to whatever he was doing before the Colts. I forget where he was first. 
I think it was in Baltimore for a bit and also mm-hmm. in Arizona before that. Um, yeah, I, I just like to see kind of where players have grown. You know, there's also scheme differences. And- yeah, he's perfectly fine. Uh, I had someone who was adamant all season every time I wrote about Will Holden that he was the future. And that's was comparing him to like Jeff Saturday being found at a later. I'm like, man, I don't know what you're talking was about. Was it his dad? It might have been. It might have been his dad. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Holden, but uh, Holden. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I think he's a solid player. Like he's not a great athlete, but I mean that game against the Steelers, the, the three quarters he played outside of, I think one, there was one rush where he got completely uh, beat bad by a uh, high Smith. But besides that, he had a really good game. So yeah, I, I think he's a solid player. I think he's fine. I think if, if you go into next season uh, with him as your swing tackle, I think, you know, I think all things are good. So I would like to at least bring him back. Even if you draft a guy and sign someone else, bring back Holden just to be a camp guy. And then if someone goes down with an injury, you have a, an adequate player that you could toss in there. So, yeah, I like Holden. I, I mean, I, I think he would be a, a signing I would have already done personally because he's not going to have a market at all uh, outside of like a minimum deal. So I would have brought him back as like a minimum deal already. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Will Holden. I think he could be a guy that is decent for you. Yeah, it's certainly an option. He he's worth throwing into the mix to have bodies to to make this competition go. Uh, but I think that's it for us tonight, man. You got anything else? No, no, not at all. I'm excited for free agency to start, man. I'm, I'm I I think Ballard's going to go after an edge guy. Like I just feel I feel weirdly confident, you know, because because it's not like we haven't seen him throw like try to throw money at edge before. You know, he's thrown the the twelve million dollars a year uh, to to Justin Houston a couple of years ago. He went hard as Darius Smith and Preston Smith. So he, he knows he has to spend money there. He doesn't have any players really there on the roster right now. So I think that he's going to spend there. And I'm just excited to see him spend on an edge rusher. Uh, and I really yeah. want to see a good edge rusher here. Uh, not, not that Houston was horrible these past couple of years, but I want to see a guy who can get consistent pressure. Uh, kind of what we saw out of Turi those first couple of years and the first couple of games in 2019. I want to see that for a whole season out of somebody. So I just want to see a good edge rusher. Uh, and this is such a good free agent class. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. I'm just excited to see what Ballard does because uh, this will be the last year that we can kind of gloat and say that we have top five salary cap space because going forward after this year, we won't be having that anytime no. soon with, <laughs> with the contracts coming up for Braden and, and Darius Leonard and, and Quinton and uh, Naeem Hines coming up. I mean, there, there's so many guys that they have to pay and that they probably will pay. So yeah. uh, just enjoy this last year of having top space and not signing every huge guy. Yeah. Honestly, that that's how it was during the Napoleon days too. Like Bob Sanders, Dwight Freeney, Dallas Clark, obviously Peyton, Marvin Reggie. Those guys were all like at the same time, like the highest paid at their position. It can happen, yeah. But it is probably going to mean the the end of being like one of the teams with the most cap space every year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously free agency, um, the the legal tampering period begins Monday. Teams can start signing new players Wednesday. Um, you know, we'll we'll plan to have a show next week. If some wild shit goes down, maybe we'll have to have an emergency podcast. We'll see. Um, Carson, dude, dude if Romeo Aquara gets signed. <laughs> If Romeo Aquara gets signed by the Colts, we jump on the pod for even like 10 minutes and we oh, just yeah. like crack open some beers and we just joke about how awesome this is. Like that just even if it's like a 10 minute show, we just throw that out there. Yeah, you're not allowed to have that that uh Jack Daniels like peach shit though. 
no, 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 no. no. I, no. I'll define <laughs> a different bad beer. You can't gag through your entire celebratory <laughs> Romeo Aquara. We'll, we'll live stream it. We'll, we'll, we'll go live with it. How excited we are that Romeo Aquara or Carl Lawson or Bud Dupree, any of those guys. We'll, we'll, we'll just celebrate. We'll throw on some of their film, even in the background, just joking around, like Perfect. be a blast. perfect all right well guys that's uh so that's it for this week's podcast uh definitely definitely be following us uh throughout this next week uh of course remember to subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review we can be found on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts again be sure to follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at believe in colts me at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. Zach is on Twitter and Instagram at Zach Hicks too. And be sure to follow his written work with Stampede Blue and Cover One and mine on Sports Illustrated's Horseshoe Huddle. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online and eBay. If you're interested in advertising on Believe Podcasts, please contact them at believe.com. If you're interested in advertising on this show specifically, just shoot us an email at believeincolts at gmail.com. Again, you'll hear from Zach and me again soon to discuss all the happenings with the Colts and free agency. Have a good one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.